Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Freedom Foil Podcast. I am one of your hosts, you guys might know me as Joe, and I am joined by my beautiful wife, Mary. Mary, introduce yourself. You going to do the what up, what up, what up, or what are we doing this time? Hey, guys. <laughs> okay. We're gonna, I think you know that's what yours. Like, yours is hey, guys. I kind of like it, and I'm going to just try it out. You know, take it for a spin on a couple episodes, see how it feels. I'm not yeah. locking into anything. I wouldn't, you know? You know? I mean... Because I did hear one of our listeners really like the what up, what up, what up. So, Brian, shout out to you, buddy. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know, but we'll 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 take the hey guys for there a you spin. Go. Yeah. Episode seven, almost a 10. Three, <laughs> three left. <laughs> guys, if you didn't know basic math here on uh, the Freedom Foil podcast, we will help you with that math. Hey, just a heads up, I can count to 10, so... Ten moving minus up. seven is three, guys. <laughs> moving you know? up in the world. But no, we do have kind of a special surprise that we're thinking about for episode 10, which is not only are we going to be launching probably the Freedom Foil Instagram account, which should be exciting. Stay tuned for that. But we are also thinking about doing an extra, I guess we could call it a bonus, bonus. episode, yep. because we're thinking about doing it on top of the regular weekly episode, which would be probably much shorter. We're just going to kind of go and have fun with it. But we are thinking of calling it Hidden History. And that's where we go into the interesting things that I'm going to say history has kind of forgotten in modern day schooling and things like that. We're talking Waco, Ruby Ridge, Battle of Blair Mountain, Battle of Athens, all those different interesting things that have gone on in our country. And things that me and Mary were talking about it, right? Like, I feel like they're may- they're not totally conspiracies because yeah. it's just what happened, right? But like they're they're fully documented, right? And there's no there's no conspiracy about it. I mean, of course, with Waco, we can you know we can definitely do some conspiracies about yeah, what did or didn't happen. For but, the most part, it's kind of like just yeah. things that were forgotten and that yeah. are important. more more like true crime sort of stuff, like more like yeah. crime related, not not crime related, but like investigative yeah you guys will see see. you guys will see see. so stay tuned for that that should be pretty special and if it goes to plan we're going to do it every 10th episode just a little special hidden history of course if you guys haven't listened to the earlier episodes on the podcast those are all available and you can check out the links in the description of these podcast episodes individually and then also the bio on wherever you are listening to this at and just a, a little bit of a warning. Oh, man. I have to say, I kind of <laughs> yeah. can't blame people that like listen to episode one through five because the audio comparison it's is It's pretty so rough. Bad. Yeah. And I'm sorry, guys. We, we really we like- We knew it was bad, but, but we were just starting and out. And the, the thing is, like, if you just listen to this like on your phone, like audio, like just not in headphones or anything like that for the first one through five episodes, like- it didn't sound terrible. But like, no one was, listens to like, right. podcasts like, like but, that. And then we were getting constructive criticism from people that were like, you know, super good headphones and like like in their car audio. So we did a test with the new audio that you guys are hearing now. And then like we played the other audio in the car and we were like, oh my God, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Horrendous difference. Yeah. But thank you for bearing with us. And right. we hope this new audio is still... You know, doing well. I, right. I think it sounds pretty. I, I think it sounds butter. But uh, you know, again, if you want to listen to those, they're available, yeah. right? And I think the content's still great. So you guys are definitely going to want to check that out. And we appreciate the support, of course, as well. Another shout out if you want to check out Firearm Freedom content. The links are in there too. Cool. So, what are we talking about today? You say the name. MK Ultra. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, what uh, what is MK Ultra? Give us a little, a little snippet. Here. All right, here's a little like high level definition to get us going. Project MK Ultra is the code name given to a program of experiments on human subjects that were designed and undertaken by the U.S. CIA, which were illegal. Experiments on humans were intended to develop procedures and identify drugs such as LSD to be used in interrogations in order to weaken the individual and force confessions through brainwashing and psychological torture. 
Right. So, and that's the base description. Let's, just, uh, let's uh, break yeah. that one down real quick. We should mention right off the bat, as I've mentioned in earlier podcast episodes, talking about MK Ultra is, and Mary, I I don't know if you're going to agree or not, but this is definitely a multi-parter. Uh, I, I think this is a ginormous topic that, you you know, it's not a, so I, I think this could definitely be called part one of MK Ultra, And later on, you know, you can really dive in here on a bunch of different things from, you know, Epstein and sexual trafficking and, and all like there's so many rabbit holes. And on top of that, a lot of people don't know that from MK Ultra you have like what, like 10 sub projects. Yeah. That are all branching out of this. I mean, it's an overwhelming amount of information and, you know, it, as you are going to see in this episode, we are scratching the surface on MK ultra, I'd I would agree. say. Yeah. I mean, it's just I like mean, and scratching I don't really it. know. I mean, you know more than me on this. So yeah, I think it's a pretty intense subject. So just buckle up because yeah. Yeah. there's a lot here and it's a lot like the Northwoods episode where it's like, this is very much documented, true yeah. events that have happened and people, you know, went to court over. I mean, this happened. Yeah. A hundred percent. This yeah. is not skinwalkers. This is not no. hollow earth. Yeah, this absolutely is not. True government. And it's horrifying. I mean, oh. truly it's, it's horrifying. Well, it's horrifying for the fact that it's another government episode where it's like, oh my gosh, never learned about that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. You know? And, uh, you know, I, I think when it comes to MK ultra, it shows you like, I don't know. The most troubling thing to me, and I, I talked to my mom about this actually before the podcast, is that most of these documents, the ones that weren't destroyed, as we'll get into later on, were disclosed to the public under a Freedom of Information Act in like 1977. Mm -hmm. Like all the way back. We're talking decades back. And what's troubling to me is how many people have absolutely no idea that this ever happened, that this was going on, that this essentially tortured innocent uh, people all over the world, not even just the United States and, and other governments absolutely took place in this as, as well. And that you look at the, the manipulation and how much people still trust what they see out there on the television as we're going we're gonna to break into here in a few moments it's just troubling to me that that nobody knows about this. You know, it's it's right. So let's hit him with a timeline. So yeah. the operation was officially sanctioned 1953. Yeah. Um, reduced in scope 1964. Further curtailed, it says in 1967, and then officially halted in 1973. So there's kind of like a time Quote, frame for you. Halted. Well, sure. <laughs> we'll just we'll just go with it. Yeah. Now that's a huge amount of time. Yeah. And. As we alluded to, a lot of stuff happened in that amount of time. Yeah. Um, I mean, research at more than 80 institutions. Yeah, more than 80 in institutions, whether including it's... Including colleges, universities... Hospitals, hospitals psychiatric wards, everything. Right. Prisons so, as well. Right. I, I mean, everything. I mean, things that are in people's just backyards. And it's not yeah. like, you know, a lot of this stuff happened in, you know, not the big cities and stuff. It's like, it's happening everywhere. Everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think the, the interesting thing, you got to watch out and not fall in, in my opinion, traps set up by the CIA personally. Uh, that's what I believe because when you're researching this information, I think what's hilarious is all the articles that are like, uh, well, spokesperson at the CIA says that they're actively trying to find these documents and blah, 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 blah. And we just thought it was, you know, uh, uh, important for the public to know these things. And I think a lot of what they're putting out may be diversionary things to get you looking in, in you know, outside of the light of the CIA. Well, and I'll just say, I think all the articles that we have and video that we have um, yeah. that we did for this episode don't they don't do that right right and so that's why I, I tried when i was giving you articles to not go into that because there's a lot of articles out there that you know they're they're quoting the cia spokesperson i'm like first of all how does the cia if you believe in the system at this point i whatever we're not even going to go there but if you believe in the system how is the cia not criminally prosecuted people jailed and the agency dissolved after an event like this is known to the public you know, yeah. 
Uh, why and and furthermore, why would you trust anything they say at this point? Now, this information, uh, a few of the articles that we're going to post links to, is, is literally people don't know this. I mean, the CIA has a reading room with mm-hmm. all Freedom of Information documents that are there. Uh, Mary, why are so many documents not found with the details of MK Ultra? So. 1977, a Freedom of Information Act request uncovered, you know, a stash of 20,000 documents relating to MKUltra. That is truly tip of the iceberg because investigative efforts were hampered by Sidney Gottlieb, which was the director of the CIA at the time. So In he 1973, ordered, right? Yeah, he ordered all of the MKUltra documents to be destroyed. Now, those 20,000 documents that I mentioned that were declassified yeah. were here I go, quote unquote, um, filed incorrectly right. and basically were stored in places that they forgot or yeah. they didn't get. So honestly, and I have a hard time believing this, but they they portray it as it was just stupid luck that these documents yeah. somehow My got- My ass, get, dude. Yeah. And, and it's I'm, what they wanted. It's the CIA's, it's what they wanted to- to get out there. Right. And if you look, like if you search in the reading room MK Ultra, it's it's basically just news articles. Like the the only documents that they saved are just like news clippets from like New York Times and and other things at that point. There's barely any details on exactly what happened, you know, in these trials and most of the details that we're seeing in these articles are first-hand accounts mm-hmm. from people that that you know that went through it, the ones that are still talking. Basically, you know, and not in a psychiatric ward somewhere still rotting away. Let's circle back around to, you know, we know they deleted the documents. It's hard to find. Why did the U.S. government ever even get this idea of like, hey, let's do a brainwashing campaign on United States citizens? Right. So in its purest form, which is is horrible to say, but this is how it started apparently yeah that according to an author Stephen kinzer the cia project was a continuation of the work begun in world war ii era um, in japanese facilities and nazi concentration camps on subduing and controlling human minds which is terrifying in itself that they're we are at war with these countries yeah these these groups of people and oh we're gonna actually take um you know a note from their their book of of tricks and try to turn it on our own people. Well, and if you look at Operation Paperclip, you know, which uh, we're not getting into that, but that was involving bringing Nazi scientists or German scientists over from World War II. There's there's a lot of influence there a lot of the time of kind of sharing information. And we talked about, as you said, like, you know, why would why would they want to do that? I think the most ironic thing is this is right after the, the Nuremberg codes came out of like, you know, you can't torture people and different things like that. And and right after we said, you know, we're slapping the wrist of Germany for all these heinous acts, our government just continues it on its own citizens uh, behind closed doors. Basically. Well, because they portrayed it as, you know, at the time in the Cold War, you know, going back to Operation Northwoods, one of the ideas was right. to manipulate Castro into, you know, I guess interrogation tactics to get him to talk or right. or truth serum, if you will. Like, and, and I believe MK Ultra, and correct me if I'm wrong, originally was started after Operation Artichoke, and Operation Artichoke was basically like more solely on interrogation tactics and not as much brainwashing. Yeah, that could be it. I, I have here, and I'm not sure which one's accurate, that the other code names for this experiment were Project Bluebird and Project Artichoke, so they were all kind of the same. Uh, I think they were all s- s- surrounding, you know, forms of bleeding information out Mm -hmm. whereas operation artichoke circled around interrogation and again i could be wrong this isn't a podcast episode on artichoke but uh, mk ultra you know and i think it's easy to get caught up in mk ultra being about interrogation and as we're going to get into it's it's not about interrogation it's it's about literal mind control i think seriously if if we look at its surface level from what this information is giving us which i think again diving deeper this may not be accurate but high level it could have started as okay we're we're desperate here we need to be able to interrogate we're we're nervous right the cia is getting very um uh, paranoid because of the cold war like double right. agents and what's going on we need something to be able you know other than like a weapon 
yeah and more of like a mind control weapon to be able to like protect the country well they and said then, and then it turns into oh wow right. so wait let's start these experiments and like look at all these controlling things that we can do why don't we just do right. this on the american public in general right and so that was their front basically they were like this is why we're doing it right and my and this is an opinionated statement this is more anecdotal so uh, they're to add on to what mary was saying you know they're doing this stuff and the breakout of information that came out and they're saying hey look russia's doing it so we need to do it quicker to make sure that they don't figure out a way to to interrogate our our you know high level officials and bleed information because you know kgb and cold war and blah 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 the interesting thing when you dive into more tinfoil hat stuff that we can do a later episode on is when you think about the Cold War in its entirety, the fact that the only way that we really knew that the Cold War was even happening was because the government was telling us it was happening. I mean, there wasn't really an official shot fired with the Cold War. It was essentially a decades-long war of fear. Ultimately, oh, it's the perfect—it's right? the perfect motivation, motivator to be able to do something as messed up as as MK Ultra. Right, because we're doing it under the guise of, hey, look, if we don't do we're this, protecting yeah, you. if we don't do this, the commies are going to come get you, you know. And that's not uh, supporting communism in any way, shape, or form. I think communism was absolutely uh, a huge threat to public life of wherever you were at at that point. However, our government was a huge threat to public life at that point. And it's so easy. I mean, think about it. Let me throw this idea at you. Imagine the fact that the Cold War was literally fabricated and Russia and the United States government were working together as a joint effort to further control the the populace over oh, decades. totally could have been. You know? I mean, at this point, when you read things like this and Operation Northwoods and other right. manipulating efforts of the CIA that and other parts happened. of the government, yeah. yeah, any of this could be... Right. But that is a total like rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and on top of that, at this point in time, if you spoke out against things like MK ultra or whatever, well, well we you, have an account, right? We'll, well, you're later. just a communist and a conspiracy yeah. theorist. So we're going to haul you off to jail to interrogate you or worse than jail. <laughs> right. Or, or, <laughs> or, or MK ultra. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or whatever. So to briefly sum up, you know, why they wanted to do this. It's essentially to get rid of the the pesky little problem of self-control, right? And to counteract a lot of different things that your body wants to do and figure out a way that subconsciously you can take in information without fighting it. Kind of like hypnosis, really, I feel like. Is that about sum up, you know, kind of what their the objectives are of MK Ultra? I feel like? Yeah, and basically just manipulate your mind into thinking different things whether it's good or bad or in doing the, in the eyes things. of the person running the experiment right yeah exactly doing different things i think it you know in some cases maybe thinking that it'll help certain situations like mental illness and things like that where obviously it will have the complete opposite right. adverse effect to it or at the very least telling medical professionals that the reason they're doing it is to help mental illness which right. unfortunately we'll get into here shortly right I, I think the man this video that we're going to post a link to in the description we got to touch on this video it had me like rarely when I'm doing this research because of all the stuff that I've been into I, I see a video like that and just you know sit back in the chair like man this is like rough to think about and and I don't know if you felt the same way but essentially the video that we're talking about is actually the video that some of you that are watching maybe uh, remember seeing it was aired on television in the 60s and 70s as a way to Sign off. Sign off, yeah, on the uh, television shows that were running for the day because people were actually, you know, there run running the TV shows. And, of course, at well, some yeah, point. Yeah, it wasn't like nowadays where TV just obviously runs 24-7. You're streaming, things like that. TV right. started at a certain time and ended at a certain time. Right. And this was when it ended. And they would play the national anthem and show beautiful little patriotic pictures. And the important part is they would show the, the lyrics and quotes at the bottom of the pictures. And the slides would continue. And then, of course, when it ended, you know, it would be you know, static and, and TV was over for the day. And I'm sure many of you probably remember this. And are like, oh, yeah, it was a great little end. You know, everyone was patriotic back then. Was it patriotic, Mary? Was it a, a wonderful video? <laughs> 
Sorry to ruin everyone's <laughs> childhood. I mean, no, I, I, at its core, it was a manipulation tactic that you probably didn't even recognize. And subliminal messaging. Yeah, I mean, th- there was a there was a science experiment done that found that within thirty seconds of watching TV, your brain goes from a beta wave state, meaning alert, receiving information, taking things, critical in, thinking, critical thinking. Yeah to an alpha state, which is a lot more relaxed, kind of a daydreaming state where you're essentially on autopilot right? Um, and become a passive learner. So you're taking in information even if you don't want to. Right. So that being said, the video shows frame by frame this changing letters at the bottom of the screen, which is the, the words to the national anthem. Right. And behind those, kind of like layered over it. Just flickers, like for a split second. Is different phrases. So the phrases, I have them written down here. The, the first phrase, <laughs> these, these are so creepy, it's not even funny. Trust the U.S. government. So that flickers. God is real. God is watching. Third one, believe in government God. Fourth, rebellion will not be tolerated. Fifth, obey, consume, obey, consume. And I believe that one repeated a few times. Sixth, worship, consume, obey, believe. And finally, buy ultra, B-U-Y ultra, buy Naomi. Which of course uh, feed into MK Ultra and its kind of sister project MK Naomi regarding mind control, and these were subliminal messaging that literally many of you probably didn't even realize you were getting force fed for almost two decades every night if you stayed up till that point in time, and and that's uh, well, what did you not, think I of that? I don't think yeah. I mean I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure when TV ended, it's not like one in the morning it was yeah. like 6 p.m yeah i think sometimes like as it went on maybe it was later but still regardless yeah, but towards the beginning it's not like it yeah. ran re- very late yeah because the idea is like you come home spend time with your family instead of watching tv or whatever but yeah i mean was that troubling to you it is it is really troubling i think just coming from a non-conspiracy just to like kind of ground myself I don't know how you can ground Does yourself really, with those quotes. I don't No, 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 no. I know that it's real and that it's messed up beyond belief. Like, yeah. you know, can't even question that. But it's like did it did it really accomplish what it was trying to do? Right. Right. No, no that's not. that that's a good point. The fear, the thing that really freaks me out and that there was a point made in the video where Okay, if they were doing that in the 60s, what are they doing now? I was just about to say, and if you look at, and and the reason why we bring up this video is because this is just scratching the surface of MKUltra and and the subliminal brainwashing that they realized could take place. And here's the thing, like, and you would have never known this, especially on an older TV. You're not stopping this frame by frame and and lower quality video footage. I didn't even notice it at the You know, at first I just saw the video and I'm like, oh, there must be like weird lights or something. I was looking at the videos in the background that were running of like the beautiful scenery and the flag. I thought there was going to be something back there. Right, right. And so I think the most troubling thing to me was if they were doing this in the 60s and that was a technology that they had and they realized the effect that TV, you know, television had on, on, you know, the old saying, making you a couch potato and things like that and just becoming this just robot, this mindless person being fed by the television. Imagine modern day things that we're addicted to. You know, imagine news right now and how many subliminal things are being shown to you day in, day out. And the people that, I, I mean, I don't know how you could hear that information. And, and mind you, this is public knowledge. I mean, this is out there. It's factual information. I don't know how you could see this and turn on the news today or whenever you're listening to this podcast and watch the news and be like, yeah, this is this is solid information. Oh, I totally kind of understand now the people that don't have televisions in their home. Right. Or, or, or it, oh my God, social media. I like, can't believe can I you... just said televisions. Yeah, I know. TVs. TVs. Sorry, we're talking in the 60s here. 
But uh, could you imagine, you know, all the things that we're addicted to social media? Uh, I am am the first to admit that I am fully addicted to my phone, right? Fully addicted to it. And not even that type of person, like where I'm on it all the time. It's just one of those things where it's like when I'm bored or I have a down moment without even thinking about it, I grab it. Yeah. I go on Instagram, I go on Facebook. And think about how much less critical thinking you have a lot of the time with just getting the dopamine fix of electronics today. Of course, I don't want to discount that obviously you can read and research information electronically. That's that's totally a different story. But when you're watching things, you know, and getting your dopamine fix. This is or I'm I'm not going to get down this rabbit hole, but you can think of other things, uh, movies, you know, the movie industry, subliminal stuff, uh, the you know, and I'm, I'm going to touch on the pornography industry, you know, and uh, of course, I, I don't want to freak people, you know, obviously an amateur person or whatever, you know, I, maybe they're not CIA brainwashing. But when you look at massive, nasty, you know, uh, porn industry, imagine the amount of brainwashing and subliminal messaging they could be putting in and you would never realize it. Well, and I think uh, I personally believe that like not everything is brainwashing. Oh, absolutely. I think a lot of it nowadays is more of like brainwashing in terms of like ads and and trying to get you to buy something or want to like want to you know, make a service purchasing decision, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- definitely think when it comes to things like the news that there are some government brainwashing going on there and, uh, things like Hulu, Netflix, where you have commercials are definitely more like ad based, yeah. but it's all pretty scary. And that's just a word of caution. It's like the same time, what are you not going to have a phone? No, right. I think the word of caution is to, pick up a damn book uh, every once in a while and, and try to uh, read a book or read your information online. Yeah. And when you listen to a podcast like this or you watch a uh, show on YouTube about information, don't take it at face value. You know, don't, don't, don't trust us, you know. But it, again, again, don't lose, lose yourself. yourself. Yeah. Because this is another topic where you could totally lose yourself. And it's like <laughs> at the end of the day, we are only human and we can't be worried about the government brainwashing us every yeah. 30 seconds. Like I have to just live my life. I can't go to the grocery store and be like, what does this mean? <laughs> what does it all mean? I can't do that. And I'm over here like, lose yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to watch Netflix <laughs> and I'm going to keep going on my phone. And so, you know, it kind of is what it is. Right. Well, that's, so that's like kind of the, the it first, is what it is. <laughs> that's the first thing when it comes to MK ultra in this episode, that I think is troubling. Uh, the first little bit here as well that really leaked to the public was prisons. And we don't have a ton of information. We're not going to dive too deep on it. But essentially, uh, this is what I, I thought was incredible. And in one of the articles where we go over uh, a lot of the horrible things that happened to children, they touched on the fact that CIA-sponsored, uh, I use quotes here, medical things were going on at prisons where they were literally offering drug addicts in prison heroin in exchange for going along with Project MKUltra. So they're like, hey, mind you, this is the U.S. government offering somebody heroin to, to drive them into this program. And of course, most of these people wound up in, in psychiatric care after that or were homicidal or incredibly aggressive, blah, 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 blah. But, I, I you know, I think what was interesting about this, and I was talking to a coworker about this who actually remembered, you know, the release of the information back in the day about it. I think the reason why they were so keen on releasing the prison information is because the public kind of had this way of being like, well, they're prisoners, so like, you know, oh, they must have deserved it anyway. So like I don't really care. They're they they did something wrong, you know. And I, I don't know. Did you have anything else on, on prisons? I feel like that was, you know, kind of a little tidbit there. No, and we'll get into it a little bit more, but basically it just shows that they obviously chose institutions where people couldn't fight back or they couldn't right. have a, a clear mind on their heads with mental right. illness, you know? Cause I mean, in prisons too, it's like mental illness runs rampant. Oh my God. Yeah. Undiagnosed yeah. a bunch of stuff, right. you know? So it's kind of like the perfect storm there. Right. So it's forgotten people, people that others don't really care about and that's you know kind of like horrible to think horrible to think and obviously no person deserves to deal with mk ultra's 
tactics. Yeah. And I think it's very easy for the population to just be like, oh, right. yeah. Well, and I think to go on with their day. You mentioned tactics and we haven't really like mention anything about the, the tactics some people might be listening to this and be like oh dude i mean if they're just letting everybody go on an awesome lsd trip you know well, every day i want to talk it, about i yeah. have a bulk of my research was done on lsd because it started out as a part of it and then truly right. became the part the whole thing well and but and then you mix L, like this this wasn't like having an awesome psychedelic trip in like a, a room a colorful no, let's room let's get into it though. yeah yeah let's like you know we're talking Electroshock. We had to take a break there real quick because our power died. We're probably getting currently CIA rated right now. Uh, <laughs> so, so the when, early CIA efforts focused on LSD, and then, like we said, later dominated many of the programs. Right. Um, but also, you know, electroshock. We're, we're shown subliminal images. We're, we're uh, being interrogated in the process, showing. Uh, horrible things. And and this was at a time too, where LSD really wasn't known about and they weren't told like what would happen to them. It's just all of a sudden you're given this most of the time shot. And now you're, you're seeing hallucinations and in a dark CIA room, you know, as they're, they're feeding you really sketch information and really torturing you in the process. And I think at first, when they first introduced the LSD, you know, drug to the experiments that, they are claiming that people knew and consented to it. And then as the experiments went on, more and more people didn't know and yeah. were kind of, you know, drugged without their knowledge or consent. Right. Which is horrible. Is just so scary to think about. And mo- mainly the, the programs were done on mental patients. We had talked about prisoners, drug addicts, college and campuses, sex workers, college campuses, things, children. Yeah, children. So as the experiment progressed, that point arrived where outsiders were drugged with, you know, no explanation whatsoever and were just hit with surprise acid trips, becoming something of like an occupational hazard among yeah. CIA agents. Yeah. So this is this is crazy. Better not say the wrong thing adverse, at your job. Adverse reactions often occurred, such as an operative who received the drug in his morning coffee. Right. Without knowing. Right. Could you let me just let me just throw this scenario at you. You're at work. You're tired. It's a long week. It's like a Thursday morning, so it's you're not doing quite the CIA. Weekend. So you're probably murdering people. You're like, I gotta go get some coffee, man. I gotta wake up. Well, I'm just saying, anybody. This could have happened oh, to true, anybody's. True, work. absolutely. So you go upstairs and you, oh, well, upstairs. I don't know. You go to get your coffee and you're thinking, ah, I'm just gonna get a nice little caffeine boost going to my next meeting. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're on a huge acid trip. You are literally tripping balls. And you have no idea that it was happening. Right. Could you imagine? Yeah. It's and one that, thing to do LSC and know you're about to trip. Yeah. But to not even be aware. Yeah. And, and it just happened. And you. then you're fed subliminal messages or trigger words that you get you to do something that you wouldn't have normally done. You know, all, all the way down to quote unquote suicide or even, you know, murder, assassination, different things like that. And that kind of gets us into a huge case that came yeah. out of CIA operatives being brought into the experience. And you know a little bit about this, right? Yeah. I actually don't even know as much about this. Did you not watch this. the documentary? I watched a little bit of it with oh, you. So now, good. keep in mind, this is a documentary on Netflix, so I'm sure some of the information is tainted slightly. But yeah, but it's what same... was the documentary about? Okay, so documentary on Netflix is called Wormwood. Right. Basically... Th- a majority of, and I believe it's a mini series. I think it's like six or seven. I, episodes. I thought I remember you watching episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But basically it goes over the life of, or I'm um, sorry, the death of Frank Olson. Yeah. Who was an army chemist and had taken uh, LSD was covertly dosed by his CIA supervisor. And nine days later plunged to his death from the window of a 13th, 13th story, New York city hotel room. Um, this was supposedly a result of his deep impression induced by the drug. Now, right. the whole documentary is basically his one of his sons. He had a few children, but one of his sons became pretty obsessed. I mean, understandably, so, right? With kind of no, I'm not going to take that. 
as face value, he believed that his dad was actually murdered by the CIA because Frank Olson was becoming morally uncomfortable with the things that he was doing for his job and had threatened to quit. And, um, and quitting doesn't happen like no, this. You, you don't, you don't, you don't walk out with this information. I got news for you. <laughs> And let me just say too, a CIA, this a CIA doctor assigned to monitor Olson claimed to have been asleep in another bed in the same hotel room when he fell to his death. So there was someone in the room with him that was part of the CIA that was a I, doctor I was just there to yeah, just you know, monitor. But you know, all laughable, that, laughable, yeah, honestly. Just, so they're trying to just play it off like, well, he had mental issues and he couldn't sustain his depression and yeah. couldn't take care of himself so he just jumped out do of the window do people really buy this shit when it airs on the news like are you fucking kidding back me back then yeah honestly the back like, then back then i feel feel like it was so much easier and we talked about this at northwoods to take things at face value because what else were you you're a do? traitor you're a traitor if you don't you're a patriot if you believe exactly. us you're a traitor if you don't so you're in the cold war bullshit which is a great point joe you're in the Cold War. There's all these things about double agents. Are you a double agent? Are you are you are you a commie? Are you a commie? Yeah. Are you a Soviet spy? Yeah. So of course, better no go along with the narrative, anything. even though exactly. we're acting like the KGB that we hate so much. <laughs> so, the CIA's own internal investigation concluded that the head of MK Ultra, um, which was the Sidney Gottlieb. Character. One of many heads. I mean, oh, yeah. the one thing I realized when I was looking up this stuff, you probably saw it too. I was trying to find like the head of the CIA during this. There was like like freaking 10 or 11, I feel like, all oh, throughout. Yeah. Because a lot of them only had terms for like a year. It was kind of like checking off the box of moving up the totem pole. But this is just saying that they could, they could their own internal investigation definitely confirmed that they had conducted the LSD experiment with Olson's prior knowledge although yeah. neither olsen or any of the other men part of the experiment knew so they basically gave him the lsd or started it and like 20 minutes later we're like yeah we drugged you yeah yeah that was confirmed and so of course olsen's family disputes these official version of the events that he killed himself and right. his one son who again is a majority of the documentary spends his whole life basically fighting for this now i will say and again, this is like a total like classic cover-up of the government. Yeah. I'm trying to find the date here. In 1975, the government did a public apology to the family where they met with the president, shook his oh hand, they apologized, and they were given a um, sum of money of $750,000 settlement from the U.S. government. Um, the president at the time was Gerald Ford and the CIA director at the time was William Colby. So and they the were like, agency still exists. And we're today. just like, Oh, we're so sorry. Blah, blah, blah. Like get out. Are of here. you kidding me? Basically. Uh, you know, you, you like, you look at this and it's like no criminal charges. The director of this agency multiple times, all these directors went on to continue raising up the ranks in the United States government into positions of control where most of them, a lot of them continued to rule over until recently. And, and that was the it's worst incredible thing, to me. And that was the worst thing that the family could have done at the time because that was basically the, the government closing the chapter on Frank Olson. Yeah. If they would have refused Here's some money it, and forget about it. Here's some money and shut up basically. Yeah. And so um, in 1994, the body of Olson, Frank Olson, was exhumed. Yeah, and they actually found cranial row raggy cranial injuries that indicated Olson had been knocked unconscious before he exited the window. Yeah, whoops. So in 2012, which I, the timeline's a little sketch here, you'll have to watch the doc documentary to really know what happened because that's a huge jump. But anyway, in 2012, the Olson family filed suit against the U.S. government for wrongful death of Frank Olson. Um, case was later dismissed July 2013. Of course, yeah, because, you know, you're a peasant. You shouldn't talk about us. It, it's and, I, and I think the documentary, you know, and I should have given a spoiler alert at the beginning of all of this, but... This this son of Frank Olson, it kind of just shows how this has literally consumed his entire life. Yeah, because he's a kid at the time. Yeah, absolutely. And you see your your parent murdered. And you know? he you you don't just stop trying. No, you no. know you do you devote your whole life to that. I mean that's it. You know they 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 they, they, 
ended his father's life, you know, and then they ruined his. Now, I also want to make a point here that, you know, of course, what happened to Frank Olson is really unfortunate if he was murdered. But remember, he's also no innocent bystander in this. He, no. he was a CIA operative that, of course, this dude gained a conscience. But at the end of the day, for many years, he was absolutely taking place in all of these operations. And it just shows you that maybe you chose the wrong job. Okay, that that maybe uh, you, you shouldn't. Maybe karma is a little bit of a bitch there at the end of the day because you were you were performing these things on all these people, and if you use the the excuse of oh, I'm just, I was just doing my job, you know, I I, I just have no no empathy at, at that point where it's you know it's unfortunate, but you just experienced what so many innocent total bystanders experienced throughout your wonderful science project here. And it's just incredible to me. We, I, I didn't send you this link, and it, it's ir rather irrelevant. But another little Joe Rogan podcast that he actually interviewed, like a more modern CIA dude. The guy must have been like forty-five or something. He just retired, and to hear this guy speak about MK Ultra was infuriating. To the point where he's just like, well, you know, the Russians were doing it. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate it happened on innocent bystanders, but you really got to watch the misinformation out there and blah, 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 blah. Like, it, it, it's unbelievable to me that somebody could be out there, that all this information is there, and you could look at the CIA and be like, man, I want a job there. I want to move up the but ranks But to be there. fair, it's kind of ignorant for Joe Rogan to be like, yeah, he's going to come on my podcast and just rip the government apart. Oh, for sure. For like, sure. You know what you're going to get when you talk to for, somebody for like sure. that. They yeah. are completely brainwashed, trained, what have you. I mean, they have, like, just coming from a world of PR. Yeah. I, I don't I mean, think they you have... retire from the CIA and no. don't. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I have to, like, lighten it up a little bit. It reminds me of the, is that Meet the Parents, where the, the uh, oh, Robert man. De Niro plays, The Fockers. Like... Yeah. Oh, Meet the Fockers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And he where plays... he plays the CIA guy, and he puts him in the lie detector. But what's his what's his like what's his cover up job? A flower salesman. He's he's yeah. He works as a florist. A florist. <laughs> yeah, that's great. now. Uh, let me dampen it down a bit and get no, real negative. Uh... When you look at movies, right? There's a reason why they always phrase the CIA in this hilarious light, or a, a comedy light, or a badass action movie light. Mary's looking at me so so disappointed that I just no, ruined that. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. So, of course, as we mentioned, Frank Olson, it leads us into good old witch lady, Dr. Loretta Bender. Uh, I hope to God this, this woman is, is, is in hell at this point in time uh, after, after this situation. It's, it's atrocious, honestly, to, to read about. Uh, I don't know about you, Mary, but when I read about this woman who... <laughs> said that, you know, when you read into this information, that her medical studies are still praised today in yep. the medical community is is disgusting Yeah, to here's, me. A, here's a one-liner. From early 1940 to 1953, Dr. Bender, a highly respected child neuropsychiatrist practicing at Bellevue Hospital in New York City, experimented extensively with electroshock therapy on children who had been diagnosed with autistic schizophrenia i should also mention that the use of lsd was running rampant throughout her studies as well later um, on later yeah. on and it was mostly done on children uh mostly orphans and we should also mention and you know looking at the medical community at this point in time testing for uh, autism schizophrenia especially in children <laughs> was Maybe not too proper, to well, say the it, least. I mean, the studies of these different mental illnesses, I would say, was very, maybe not schizophrenia, but autism, I would argue, was very early on in the studies and research of right. this. So to, to, to jump to um, electroshock therapy for your thought what, to be autistic child is, is a and very what, huge leap. What I'm really getting at here is basically what you had happen is... Uh, orphans, uh, unclaimed children that were just labeled as autistic or schizophrenic with almost no testing at all, and then thrust into MKUltra and electroshock therapy I by just, Dr. Bender. I just read the most disturbing line. It's electro 
convulsive therapy was done on at least 100 children from ages 3 years old to 12. 3 years old to 12. That makes you want to actually cry. After the the Nuremberg the how do you say that word? Nuremberg. After the Nuremberg trials where this is what's a joke to me is we don't get taught this history in school. We don't get taught this shit because the government controls what you learn, what your kids learn. We learn about all the bad shit the Nazis did to horrible situations on experimenting with kids. We, we put them on a trial to say, hey, man, you guys can't do this stuff. Nobody can do this stuff anymore. And then our own government, the government that so many people nowadays trust and love and hoist up as the beacon of information, was doing this shit to three-year-old unclaimed children. And let me just say after that, that the 100 the number i just mentioned was exclusive to bender's work yeah um outside of that the electroconvulsive treatment was used on more than 500 children at bellevue hospital from 1942 to 1956 and then again at creedmoor state hospital the cia at this point is looking at dr bender like oh man she's gonna be number one in this project. Let's go ahead and give her grant money. So this was the the awesome thing that you guys are going to see as a common theme here is how the government pays for this stuff, meaning the CIA. They open up essentially a front company or agency or nonprofit, funnel in dirty money from other drug smuggling or whatever the, the hell else the CIA is doing, and then fund hospitals and psychiatric wards and doctors ultimately and then put in cia agents that are doctors with most of the time no medical training whatsoever to oversee the operations well and bender was the perfect case for this because between 1955 and 56 she became kind of obsessed with this lsd hearing glowing accounts about how the potential of the drug produces remarkable results in children suffering from various mental disorders um, including autism and schizophrenia. And she had contacts with, with physicians that were covert contractors with MK Ultra, and that's kind of how she got her stash of LSD. But I think the article that we're, we're talking about mentions a lot of different doctors, and I wanted to touch on um, Dr. <laughs> they have doctor in quotes because he, in fact, was not a medical professional whatsoever. At all, but is still quoted in medical... Journals, today. all of that. So all the information that the medical community a lot of the time quotes is probably most, you know, so, <laughs> sometimes from these people that weren't even medical professionals. Right. Dr. Alfred Hubbard, who was not a physician, nor did he have any formal medical training, um, sometimes worked with the FBI and the CIA and was a strong proponent of LSD. Yeah. And, and <laughs> at this point, Bender, Dr. Bender, is attending conferences sponsored by the CIA front group, which was called the Josiah Macy Foundation. So they do all these front group BS foundations that were essentially just a sort of a presentation in, in regards to the information. And at this specific con conference, Dr. Harold A. Abramson uh, was the presenter. And in 1960, Abramson conducted his own LSD experiments on a group of six children ranging in age from five to 14 years old. So you're talking electroshock therapy, LSD, mind control, subliminal messaging on a, on a kid that was five years old. Five years old. I, I, I really, like, that needs to sit in with, with, with your mind right now to realize that these evil people that medical journals still quote today were doing shit on five- and three-year-old children. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry to keep going back to that. It's just unbelievable to me. It's, it really is. Right. It's I mean, infuriating. There's, there are no words. And I mean, Joe and I aren't parents, but I can imagine those of you listening that our parents are even more disturbed because you have children and you know firsthand how much that would hurt you. Yeah. You know, and I will say moving into that, that, you know, you talk about all these kids being orphans. There were some that weren't orphans. What is that story? In this case, Dr. Buckman, who worked at London's Chelsea Clinic treating adults and sometimes children, believed the... This, this just shows his his uh, yeah. uh, his credentials here. He believed that the frigidity of women could be treated with LSD. 
Meaning that women could be softened and pulled back and that basically anything they think and free thought and free will was considered frigidity. Just go ahead and feed him some LSD and get him in the kitchen. If that doesn't set you up with 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 who this guy was and his morals, then I don't know. So the story is about two sisters, Marion and Trudy, who were sent by their parents in 1960 to be, quote unquote, interviewed by Buckman at this clinic. Marion, age 13, and Trudy, 15 at the time. And the article cites or is quoting the younger sister, Marion. This is fr- her account of what happened. Basically, Marion said her parents were quite taken with the benefits of LSD and thought that they would also benefit from the drug. So that is why they agreed for these interviews. Both the parents had undergone LSD treatments at the clinic prior to sending them there. Treatments. And let me just say, these girls, from what she had mentioned, were normal girls. Yeah. They went to school. They were Catholic. They went to Catholic school. Not that that matters, but they had friends. They were happy little girls. They were teenagers, right? And the parents, for some reason, felt that they needed to be sent for trials or interviews, whatever you want to freaking call it. Um. But they were told that they would get a day off from school after each overnight stay at the clinic for LSD. And this is where the manipulation of a child's mind starts. Like, oh, you'll get off school. We'll we'll take you into this clinic and you won't have to go to school that next. You know, that's great. It was decided that there would be 10 sessions once a week for 10 weeks. Um, They obviously weren't, the children were not warned of the effects of the LSD. Like, hey, when we give you this, you're going to start feeling this way or that way. They were just given the drug. No informed informed consent. No. Um, And I mean, at the time, it's like they weren't of age to be an adult. So their parents were consenting for them, knowing full well what was going on and actually taking LSD themselves and then putting, willingly putting their children in a situation where they would be given that, which beyond me. And then, sorry, I know I'm talking a lot, but just let me finish out the story here. Each session involved an injection where they were kept in separate bedrooms, usually with someone present in the room taking notes. Occasionally their mom would be there, but not often. And the hallucinations started getting so bad that these girls would try to escape. Um, It was said that, you know, they were not consoled. If anything, they got out one time and they were forcibly put back in the room for examination. Um, and, and they were told not to even talk about what they were doing. Don't share this information. By Keep their it parents. A secret. By their parents. So their father, and this makes it even more fucked up. Their father was actually a doctor. Yeah. So that makes it even worse because he knew even more the lasting effects that LSD could potentially have. That this mind-altering jug, drug unfolded gradually. Um and, and in weeks following the sessions, they had frequent nightmares. They would, weren't sleeping. And two years later, the older sister had a nervous breakdown, which kicked her into basically a mental health facility where she stayed pretty much the rest of her life because then she became uh, heavily medicated. Well, and by mental breakdown, if I'm not mistaken, all she did was begin to question what the father was doing to them which led him to then call her, and I quote, a conspiracy theorist, and the more she questioned, the more she was drugged in a psychiatric ward. And I'll just read you this quote from Marion, who, let me just say, her new, her job nowadays is she's a medical ethicist. So she basically is, her job is- A lawyer, in the court, kind of. Yeah, to question the use of medical inter- intervention in children. We should also like mention that. that none of those names are actually the real names. At the end of the article, it does say that you know she's a very prominent person in her ah, field and wanted to you know keep the names uh, separate to not have any bad publicity or whatever. So those those names aren't accurate, but the people are. Gotcha. And then this quote from Marion. Oh, you know, even when I subsequently confronted my father with the evidence that LSD had been tested by the CAA for use as military weapon in the 50s and 60s, he dismissed his participation by saying that it was an enlightening experience experience like visiting an art gallery. Yeah, that you put your kids through that experience as well. Now, mind you, some of you may be listening and be like, man, this sounds like some like American horror story 
like crazy psycho medical stuff. How many movies and TV shows have you watched where it's, you know, old school psychiatric medical care is horrifying and ice baths and crazy things. Funny enough that most of the time that was not really the, the random acts of psychotic uh, psychiatric professionals, but actually the United States government, but they don't want you to know that, you know, they just think it's the medical community being psychotic. You know? And I think this just goes to show that this is one account. Yeah, one account. And Bender had, well, this isn't this is Buckman's experiment, yeah. but just just in general, how many children all around the country, the globe, had to go through this? And and you mentioned orphans, so people that didn't even have parents. Right. Imagine what they right. had to do. Right. And, and no one had any idea. And uh, to touch on psychiatric wards. Uh, <laughs> So many very, should I say, interesting people throughout history have also been affected by MKUltra and then did some uh, horrible things. One of those people was Charles Manson. And very quickly, we'll just mention, without diving too deep into that, that Charles Manson, after his first few times in prison, when he was out in a halfway house, uh, wound up in a psychiatric ward that his family frequented. And in that psychiatric ward, you can see on the wiki page, he underwent some experiments with none other than a drug known as LSD. Now, they don't say in that little wiki page that that was the MK Ultra experiments, but you can see where, obviously, that was the MK Ultra experiments. And then he went on to do some interesting things in a cult-like setting, murders, uh, basically being the that age Jeffrey Epstein was sexual trafficking and other things that's just incredible to, to, to realize. Well, and it should be said that in this cult that he ran, the that, you know, group LSD trips were highly encouraged and done right. often. So these people that murdered... Like Great way to wild, shift the blame off the CIA. Right. But they did. I mean, they wildly murdered, like, how many people? Quite a bit. So yeah. it's just... It's disturbing in so many ways because it's creating evil. It's it's bringing evil up. I mean, all of it is just evil. Who else may have been affected by MK Ultra? Ted Kaczynski, yeah. Unabomber. The Unabomber. Yep. So many people don't know that either. Uh, Ted Kaczynski was actually a very intelligent person. The dude wound up at Harvard a little over the age of 15 at Harvard. Like, dude, you got to be like... You're a kid. If a little over 15 and if you, you, get, you go to it, Harvard? Modern day, you're a freshman in high school at 15 and he's Damn. at Harvard in college. So pretty intelligent person, yes. I would say. And the CIA saw that and saw his age and ate it up. So they persuaded him to undergo the MK Ultra projects. Well, in shocker, right? Harvard had been conducting these ex MK Ultra experiments before he got there. With good old grant money, which was dirty CIA money that was, again, a front foundation. And I, I love all the, the uh, uh, professors that were contributing to this. And the, the, these were colleges in Pennsylvania, all over the country, that were, when the information broke, were basically like, yeah, we had no clue. No idea. Yeah, I don't know. I, saw, I heard about hypnosis, but I, I don't know what was going on. And if you're not familiar with Ted Kaczynski's story, basically he went to Harvard at age 15, was pulled into these experiments, yeah. later became a professor at Harvard, actually. Yeah. And then after that, he kind of booked it to the mountains. built Hermit a, style. Yeah, built a very small, small... God, I would... From the documentary we watched, it looked like... 200 square feet, shack. maybe yeah. shack in the middle of the woods where he was creating his manifesto and making bombs, which he would then mail out. Yeah. Now, uh, it should be noted that the manifesto that he created, now you can get some light into why it was on the hatred of the industrial society and technology and why he was so violently against technology where you can see that maybe... He escaped the CIA MK Ultra program and then had one homicidal behavior from the program and two uh, probably mental episodes. And then finally, an incredible frustration for technology as a whole for the procedures that he underwent by the U.S. government. Yeah. And I mean, his evil intelligence was 
definitely seen in his criminal acts because it took the FBI 20 years to track him down. And I read that it was the most expensive investigation in the FBI's history. Yeah, right. What? Meanwhile, the... Our very own U.S. government were, was the one that really kicked them all off at the age of, of teenage years. So with that being said, with, with Ted Kaczynski, you, you get into the, the realization that this was absolutely going on at college campuses all over the country throughout the 60s and 70s. And these are <laughs> you know areas of supposed education that are... <laughs> turned into CIA brainwashing and subliminal message uh, operations. And I just find that fascinating. Fascinating. And as somebody, you know, that has been through the college system, there's, there's these, basically people are doing tons of research projects, not just in the psychological department or psychology department, but in, in all different departments. I had to do a senior project myself that I had to, you know, um, basically get volunteers, like hundreds of people to take a survey, do a study, come in, test test something, you know, and, and, uh, you know, you help me, I help you type of thing. So it was kind of like, if I did one, they would come to mine type of deal. So you kind of sign up for these experiments, if you will. And you don't really know what you're getting into because it would break the illusion or break the theory of coming in, not knowing what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you kind of just sign up blindly because it's like, well, they're helping me. And you're a young college kid. Like, you know, yeah. yeah. And also you are trusting in your institution and you are trusting in the, the institution that you're paying a substantial amount of money to be in. Because who are you born to trust due to the subliminal messaging? Right. I think it it goes beyond that, to be honest. Trust the U S government. I I think it goes beyond that. I, I think it's elaborate. You come from your parents' home where your parents are your trusted allies. Right. You leave your parents' home pretty abruptly, right? So you yeah. go from one day living at home to living on your own. Yeah. And it is scary. You are looking for someone to trust. So in a way, I think your institution takes the place of your trusting parents. So you think that's a great way to look at it. Like I I just need, you're a kid, you're a freaking kid. I mean, some people go to college, they're 17 years old. You're a child Yeah. and you're going to school and you're surrounded by people that are full on adults that are seniors. Like you have to look for somebody to trust in and um, just a word of caution, just be aware of who you trust. People abuse the trust. Yeah. And I personally would say I had a, an incredible college experience experience. I had wonderful professors that I did trust a lot and that have helped me get get jobs and things like that. But that being said, I think there's a lot of horror stories out there of professors and people in higher education that take advantage of that innocence of a 17, 18 year old. And a lot of the time coming from a different state or a different country and taking advantage of that. Yeah. And I think to wrap, wrap up, this this topic and and as you guys are hearing now uh, you can see why we said this is scratching the surface because each one of these topics was was you know our feet are hanging off the rabbit hole of, of a whole other episode but to to wrap it up if you learned anything from this question the information question the narrative that is the number one thing they don't want you to do is question the information that you're getting. And I'll tell you guys what, if you have uh, family members that religiously watch the news and they're just sucked into the television and whatever the television says is fact and anything away from that, it must be insane. You should share this podcast episode with them and, and you should share the, the documentation that is out there on the manipulation that goes on in in the images that you see in a day-to-day life. People let this stuff engulf their lives, uh, and half of the time it is quite literally 
brainwashing. And, and you know what? You know, if you have younger kids out there, it might be a good idea nowadays to have them just freaking play with their friends outside and get their fr- their faces off of tablets and electronic devices and different things and let those kids just freaking be kids. Yeah, and, but I, I will say, because I, I bet there's parents on the other end, like, you don't even know. Yeah. Because, like... It, that's I, understandable. I'll take the realistic yeah. thing, and it's not even just from a kid's point of view. It's, like, just in general. It's very hard to get away from this stuff. So Nowadays it is. Just take everything we're saying with a grain of salt and just know that not every single thing you're you're coming in contact with is manipulation. True. I True. think I think we and this is where the opposite views come in. Yeah. I, I am more of the thought that it's like if you consider everything manipulation and question everything then you lose the joy of life and you you could be going to I don't know, going on a trip or I don't know, and just see something and be like, well, I guess it's a government. It's like, but you got it. You have to step back and just kind of just enjoy your life. That's very true. And unfortunately that, you know, it's a personality thing when it comes down to it. It's like, if you can, if you can avoid obsessing over it, great, but I'm definitely the type of person that I have to actively remind myself to. And I think when you, I think when you go too far, uh, you know, it's tough to, come back to that mindset. I think for me, I've definitely gone a little bit too far down the rabbit hole sometimes. And, and I accept that, you know, I, I get it. I, I understand it. And a lot of the times <laughs> this podcast wouldn't exist if I wasn't the one in the family that just questions everything, you know? Uh, but as a final reminder, as you guys can see, this is so much more than a, uh, uh, liberal and, and Republican or liberal and conservative, or I should say bipartisan uh, thing in the country. It goes so much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. So if you're still stuck on, uh, man, the liberals are doing it, or man, the Republicans are doing it, you, you are so blind, it's not even funny if I'm being you know, totally blunt about it. But we know? all start somewhere, right? We all start somewhere. Yeah, it's just, it's about opening your eyes and that that's all it really is. But and I, with that, I think that wraps up episode seven, three to 10. Almost a 10. Almost a 10. Oh, thank you guys for listening. To the Freedom Foil podcast. Of course, you can check out the links in the description. Every article that we talked about here in the podcast, we try to post so you can do your own research. Check out the links to the other episodes. We appreciate the support. As always, you guys are sharing this stuff around. It is awesome. And me and Mary can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned for another episode to come soon.